What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Walenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. Welcome back to Swim Masters. I'm your host, Natalie Morrison, and today we have a special guest co-host, my dear friend, co-producer, and editor queen of Swim Masters, Miss Stephanie Lamont. Hey, guys. This is so fun. I know, right? It's great. This is the first time I will ever have actually been on a podcast rather than chopping it up. So I'm very excited. Well, I'm honored that it's this one. (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast child. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me yet, I'm Steph. I have grown up in the industry. I work on the NAM PR team seasonally, and that's how Natalie and I actually first met, even though our families have been connected way before we were ever on the same coast of the United States. And when I'm not doing that, I work at a nonprofit music school up in San Francisco right now. I run an early childhood music program and the marketing program for the school. And I also now I'm a freelance audio editor and podcast producer and all that good stuff. I kind of do wherever the wind takes me, but I really have fallen in love with editing lately. And oh, well, and I forgot that. I before COVID hit, I was an assistant engineer and freelance engineer in a studio up here, Hyde Street Studios. LinkedIn just told me I have five jobs and do I want to stop one of them? And I said, I can't. That's the little uh, snapshot of of uh, your girl Steph. Industry baby. Yep. Which is also something that it's been really interesting to kind of grow up with this perspective of seeing these amazing women role models. And especially with me in the purely like NAM lens, there has always been powerful women that I have seen in huge leadership roles. Like there's always been Mary Lurson, there's been Betty Haywood that leads the international stuff. And there's, oh my God, Laura Bodmer. And now Shalise, the PR team is just killer. So we, I I feel like I've been incredibly lucky that, and and you are the same way that we've always seen women in really high leadership positions in our, in our little, you know, nonprofit social good corner of the music industry. And so that I feel like was a that was a huge privilege that we we've known that there was a place for us eventually, right? I think that also just comes with the fact that we had parents that were so 
on it and making sure that we were surrounded by experiences that would kind of encourage us to see like what we could be and who we could be um, to really just kind of manifest where we are now and what the future holds for us. I love that. That is kind of the sum of the mission of this. And and like what Moya was saying, it's all about trying to just show everybody what's possible. And if you're coming in from another industry on the outside, you might not know all these roles and all these women that are already in the industry. And so using this as a way to uplift and be like, hey, look at all of this cool stuff. You can be part of it. And even if there isn't a woman in that role yet, you can be that woman that takes over that role. And yeah, I love it. I'm stoked. This is a very exciting platform that we have been very lucky to have been given by Swim. Also, before we get into everything, if you heard of an episode that we mentioned and you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen. Catch up. And if you have a suggestion, like, please don't hesitate to uh, shout us out. Oh, yeah. Please, if you have someone that you think we should talk to, please, please send them our way. We are slowly chipping away at our own networks, but we don't know everybody and we want to know everybody. So please <laughs> send us your awesome, awesome women in in power and or in, you know, just someone who's inspired you, who's mentored you, has been a great part of your life, whether music products or music education, mentorship, advocacy. Those are our little ways we're, we're starting off before, you know, we tackle the world. So who are we talking to today, Natalie? We're talking to Becky Barabas from Harmon International. I just connected with Becky through our mutual, also dear friend, Karen Dunn, who is the pro audio events queen. I met Becky on one of Karen's speed networking tests that she's been doing, and I immediately just forced myself to be adopted by her. Becky is amazing. She has been with Harmon for years and years and has always been involved in pro audio and has a huge spot in her heart for foundation work and philanthropy and and using the power that is the corporate pro audio world to give back to the communities that need it. So we are excited to talk to her about a lot of what she's doing now with that today and what she how she sees that evolving in a more virtual way. Absolutely. I'm psyched. And just want to give her a shout out because we are going to be talking about this once she gets on the episode, but we're recording from some pretty awesome new toys, aren't we? Yeah, we're coming to you today from the new AKG Lyra's. This past NAMM show, Harmon sponsored a media center where they had a lot of interviewees using these Lyra mics and I just fell in love with them. They're so amazing. And so Becky was kind enough to to send some to our swim team so we can really up the quality of our podcast and I'm just so excited. <laughs> they sound so good. We just want to give a shout out to Harmon and Becky for sending these. Yay. Well, we are stoked for you to hear our conversation. Becky, thanks for having me on, everybody. Hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> it's so awkward. And don't be a stranger. Oh, yeah. I'll be hopping in when there's someone that I refuse to not talk to. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? But you won't get tired of me because I won't be on every time. Thanks. They'll just get tired of hearing my voice and my laugh. (laughs) No, because you are the fearless leader. Heyo. Hi, Becky. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. We all sound really lovely today, don't we? Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell us why? We are all three of us speaking to you through our beautiful new podcasting AKG 
Lyra. Which I just have to say has changed my life in the last few weeks since having this. I've used it to record demo vocals really quick. I've used it for so many things. I'm about to use it for a Zoom show tomorrow. It is so great for so much more than podcasting. And it is the best podcasting mic that I've come across thus far. So shameless plug, but they're amazing. They're so great. I am so ashamed of that plug. (laughs) So ashamed. (laughs) And we'll link it like in the episode description and everything. So if anyone is interested in learning more about this amazing microphone, they can do so. As we get into it, we're going to start out just a little simple and easy. And let's talk about like a little rundown of your career and how you got to where you are today. Oh, well, that's a that's a rundown memory lane and I will be dating myself, but I really don't care. So, growing up, I grew up with a lot of musicians, a lot of art around the house at Venice Beach. I always knew I wanted to be in the arts. It's what made me happy. And so, in the very early 90s, very early 90s, I answered an ad for a recording studio office manager. And it was called Score One Recording Studio in NoHo on Cahuenga. And I worked there for about four years. I ran the office. I worked with some of the greats. I worked with Willie Dixon. I worked with Hoyt Axton. We did ADR for Milton Berle. We did ADR with George Burns. We did a lot of ADR for for cinema, for, I mean, for Disney. So I got to know all the characters there. I got to know the Grateful Dead came in one day. And I just fell in love with the whole with the whole process of creating and having fun and and just these wonderful, wonderful circus freaks that were coming in the studio. I, I adored them. Then I went and I worked at the iconic Nadine's Music in Hollywood, and I worked there for years um, up in the office. From there, I went to a pro audio rep firm that repped some of my competing products now, my competing products, but was a great place to learn about sales and to learn about products and to learn about gear and and to kind of be introduced to the pro audio world. It was a step beyond MI and a step beyond the recording studio. Then I went to Marcus Audio. That is installed audio, what we used to call in the day contracted audio. So it was for installs for schools and office buildings and churches and stuff like that. So then after Marcus Audio, I went to Sound Marketing West. And that's a rep firm that I managed the office and customer service for eight years. They were the rep for Harmon. And I got to know all the Harmon products and I got to know all the Harmon people and all of the ins and outs of dealing with them and also all of the customers in Southern California and Vegas. Then I left the industry for about two years. I felt I had hit a glass ceiling and I I couldn't take it. I had to go back to my people. I needed these people. Pro audio music, these are the people that I relate to. These are the people that I love. And I called Harmon and they said, come on in. And I interviewed and I got the job the next day. And I have been there for 13 years in October. I love it so much. Hearing you talk about, oh my gosh, just how wonderful the pro audio and just music industry people are in general that just speaks to my soul. And I'm so happy that we found you too. (laughs) I'm only at the tip of the iceberg of getting deeply embedded in this world. But one thing we've been talking about a lot is the visibility aspect of just how important it is for people to see what's possible. And I feel like 
Your story is such a good window into people that didn't even know anything about the pro audio world and just about how incredible it is and what a what a really kind and like tight knit place it really is. And so I just I'm so excited for people to hear this that that can be inspired mm-hmm. by that. So oh, because I am so inspired by it. Yeah. Well, we're a big incestuous family in pro yeah. audio. We will all work for each other, with each other, against each other. At one point in time, when you go to the NAM show, it is, it is your high school reunion. It is so, and it's, and it's finals week too, right? Exactly. (laughs) And then you got to get out of wherever you're at and get to a dinner in 15 minutes. And then you got to get an Uber. It's, it's, it's magical and it's hard work, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I call it the most wonderful week of the year. Like, <laughs> it's not Christmas, it's Nam. <laughs> uh, well, some people would beg to differ, but I have to tell you that without it, I don't know where we would be in this industry. It is a oh, yeah. tremendous trade show mm-hmm. that I have been going to since I was uh, probably younger than you ladies. Love it, love it. Okay, well, and that is a perfect kind of lead into my next question, which was, I guess you already kind of answered a little bit, but is there anything other than just the people? Like, what what has kept you in the business development part of Pro Audio too? Because you've 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 touched a lot of different places. So, so what what do you love about this aspect of the industry? Well, I love the industry as a whole. It's a great it's a great place to be. It's a great place to have fun. It's a great place to make friends, and it's a great place to roll up your sleeves and work your ass off. I've had so many different roles in Harmon, but this one is one of my favorites. I love business development and tour and studio because I really love interacting with the people that make music, right? The front of house, the production, the engineer monitors, the engineers in the studio, the producers, the creators of the music, the composers. I really love listening to them. And you know, that's another thing. I love building relationships. I love networking, but I really love listening to customers because if you really listen to people, they're going to tell you exactly what you need, but you have to listen. You can't, often I see people listening to speak next. Um, I try to listen and absorb it and then react. And I think that it's okay to do that. I also think it's okay to be a little personal with your customers. But, you know, I, I, I love building these relationships with our customers to understand what is needed to drive our business forward. And these relationships and these conversations and these backstage for days and, and recording studios for days on and really forge you as a family. I really, really enjoy that. I have a mantra that I use that uh, it was once told me, there's nothing that we cannot achieve without kindness and hard work. And I, that runs through my mind all day long. Be kind. I should put listen in there. Be kind, listen, and work hard and, and buy the drinks. Okay. Um, but I'm also a person at Harmon that straddles a lot of fences. Okay. Um, I always kind of have the idea is if I can help, why wouldn't I? If I, if I have the time to help, I'm going to help. So, you know, I help marketing a bit. I help sales a bit as well as development and BD. But also what keeps me at Harmon is the people I have a tremendous, tremendous 
manager who understands my worth and appreciates the results, gives me wings to fly, talks me off a ledge when I need to, but he's really bright and smart and knows how to get the most out of me. We have a leader who is amazing. I have friends that I've had there. I mean, they've been, some of them have been there the 13 years that I was there. And then the extra eight that I was at Sound Marketing West. So Harmon is a very, Harmon is home to me. This industry is my, my country, but Harmon is my house. That's such a good, oh, Mike, literally Mike drop moment, except we wouldn't. And I said this, I think on our pre-call because they're beautiful mics and we'd never want to drop them, but (laughs) (laughs) that is a mic drop moment. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So transitioning a little bit, your career has been an incredible model for creating impact within your own company. And you launched both the Harmon Volunteer Program and an ambassador program as a way to mentor and help fill in gaps within the company. So can you talk a little bit more about how these initiatives came to be? Oh, sure. I'll talk all day long about how these initiatives came to be. Well, filling in in holes and filling in gaps, that's, that's a big one for me. I will always come into a company and look at the landscape and see where the holes are or the gaps that need to be filled and then try to find a way to fill them um, and expand my current role. But not only fill them and expand my current role, but, but fill them with something that I know I can do well. Okay. I don't ever come into a gig thinking this is going to be my gig forever. This may be my position for years, but I will always pull more things in and elaborate on it. And, you know, at that point, we really didn't have a cohesive artist program at Harmon. I was a marketing specialist and a media buyer at the time. And I had this huge network of artists and high-end artists and wonderful artists and producers and engineers and all these people I really respected. And I'd be at these parties at, you know, places and they'd be like, hey, can I get this? Or how can we work together? And I was like, huh. So what I did was I went to my manager at the time. And remember, I was a media buyer. And I said, I'm going to take 2% of our media budget. I just assumed the clause. I'm taking 2% of our media budget and I'm going to invest it into seeding artists, influencers, engineers, producers. And I'm going to show you how that's going to elevate our brand awareness. It, it, it's it's a no-brainer. If, you're, if your favorite artist or somebody you respect very much uses JBL, you are going to want to check out JBL yourself, you know? So he said, fine, because it was only 2%, right? And so that's how I kind of got into that. I kind of just like rogued my way right in there. But people went for it and the president went for it and the president was happy. And there were some people that were like, who does she think she is? But they they eventually came around and used my services themselves. You know, these artists, even though I'm not doing artist relations anymore in business development, but I do have, I do a lot of high-end artists for, for business development, for touring and such like that, but I still work with the artists when it comes to NAM. So one thing that we did incorporate NAM was we never had the, we didn't have the, the whole sexy booth at NAM before, you know, we had, you know, we'd have Quincy Jones in there one day shaking hands and signing, which is super, super cool. We'd have a band here and there, but 
we didn't have the coolness factor. We didn't have the music going on and we didn't have that hip young vibe going on. And so what I did was I started incorporating all of those artists and making sure that when we signed our deal that they could possibly work at NAM. And in that time we've had like, uh, we've had Parliament Funkadelic on our stage. We've had, gosh, we've had Bad Wolves. We've had Robbie Krieger on our stage. We've had so many high-end artists, DJ. I mean, the, the amount of artists that we've had on our stage in the last five years is, is pretty incredible being as we never had any before. And so that kind of brings a whole different level to our booth. I'm not saying that I did that by myself. No, I just, I just knew that we should have them in and I let the marketing team tell me kind of what they want them to do and stuff like that. I just wrangle them. This past NAM, we had a really, really, really cool booth where we had Christian Hand from KLOS in there, and he was breaking down iconic tracks from iconic songs with either the engineer, the producer, or the artist there, or sometimes both. And we broke down, we had Linda Perry, and we broke down What's Up or What's Going On is how most people think the song is. And we had Bruce Botnick, who produced L.A. Woman along with Robbie Krieger in there, breaking down the stems for L.A. Woman. And some really rad stuff happened, like Robbie Krieger heard shit that he had never heard before and would say, like, can you stop that? Can we go back? Can I listen to that? It was magical. And then we also had Bill Hanley in there. Now, Bill Hanley was the amazing gentleman that mixed Woodstock, the first Woodstock. And he was a shot in the dark, but I got him. And he's 85 and or 83. I got him to Nam. came with his daughter-in-law. It's a long story about me running to get him because his daughter-in-law didn't have a pass. And I slipped and fell in front of the Marriott. <laughs> At like 9 a.m. in the morning. And like three guys literally stepped over me to get around me. And Are you Bill serious? Hanley, I am so serious, ladies. And Bill Hanley, America's best generation, took to run in at 83 years old and came and picked me up and oh. walked with me arm in arm the entire rest of the day. My heart. Oh. He is... You know, he is the godfather of pro audio. He invented the stage monitor. He has a new book out and he is, uh, I, call, I think it's called Best Seat in the House. And he is, we all call him Uncle Bill now. How about that? That's how <laughs> wonderful he is. Oh, that's so amazing. That's, that's also, we'll get, I want to get back to yeah. the volunteer program in a second too, other than the ambassador, but that, that speaks to the, I am shocked that that is only five years yeah. of this program because it's, and that speaks to how quickly, I guess, marketing has evolved as, as things oh, have yeah. gotten more, more digital and influencer focused and stuff. Yeah. That's only five years. I mean, we always had a beautiful booth. It was always in the back corner and it was gorgeous and it was wonderful. I'm not saying I changed the footprint of NAM. It was the marketing department at the time ran by some wonderful people five years ago that changed that footprint. And, and a lady named Vanessa Mearing, who is one of my mentors, who brought me in and said, I want you to get all the bands. And her and I worked together and um, made this really cool vibe so amazing oh i love it yeah it was cool. i love it so much and then so the volunteer program too what about 
have yes. that one yet. So that is that's my baby. Now I didn't I didn't come up with a volunteer program. Okay, this existed, but it just kind of waned and we didn't have it for years. You breathe new life into it. Yeah. And the president at the time, actually, he was like really amped up and he was like, I want uh, some people to 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 form the new volunteer committee, and he kind of he knew he wanted me, I think, and Mike McCarthy in it, and some other people, um, Everett Watts, who is a great person on our volunteer committee, and he um, said, like, let's start this up again. And I volunteered with Mike McCarthy, who used to be my co chair. We volunteered for six months to be co chair. Well, it's been over seven years now. And now I'm the only chairman by default, but that's absolutely fine. What my passion is, is helping people. I love it. It makes me feel great. It's like falling in love and Disneyland and Christmas Eve all at once. And to help kids and people through music, ah. There's nothing better than that. I mean, we all know music saves lives. We work with a lot of people. We work with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, which we have sponsored for many, many years. Relay for Life, which we sponsored for 17 years. Victory for Victims, which we have sponsored for 17 years. Every holiday season, we try to fill the entire wish list for establishments that house children at risk so they can have an entire morning of their holiday or the last night of Hanukkah, or whenever they want to celebrate, where all their 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 wishes come true. But my big one, my big kahuna, the one I adore, is called a walk on water. A walk on water is surf therapy for special needs kids. And these people are tremendous. And I have been working with them for four or five years, and we do the music therapy tent there. We helped 1,000 kids just in 2019, and we call in the kids and their families and their brothers and sisters, okay? So the whole family comes down to the beach, okay? And, and, and we call these children, we call them athletes, and they come down to the beach, and, and we have a whole campment set out. We serve them healthy breakfasts, healthy lunches, we have yoga, we have face painting, we have first aid, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. But what it is, is this, these families walk in, we get them set up, the family gets to exhale for a little bit. Okay. We get their children, both children, five children, however ever many children are in this family and we get them in wetsuits and we have so many instructors and we have so many people out in the water to help them. And we have so many people on the beach to help them. And we get these beautiful, beautiful young athletes out that haven't been able to do things that everybody else has done, but they can surf. And we get them up on those surfboards or the instructors do, I don't get them up on these surfboards and it is magical and it changes them. And it's, I cry five to six times every time I go. What I do is the volunteer committee, we sponsor the music therapy tent. And I just have all kinds of, I have an EL1 Pro. It's a JBL, obviously portable PA. And we set that up with an AKG mic and 
set all kinds of guitars out and shakers and tambourines and clackers. And well, we used to give out harmonicas, but then they kind of was, were trading them off. So we couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Kids kids are not like, don't share your harmonicas. That's not going to happen. But a lot of these children on the spectrum of autism, audio is not a friend to a lot of autistic people on the spectrum. But when they make music, it is completely different. And so when they get up there and they make music, I've had countless mothers and fathers pouring tears as they're watching their children sing into a microphone saying, he will never do this. He doesn't play with kids. She won't make a sound. I had a young man, I think I told you guys before, um, his name was Andrew, and he was an older athlete, and he was silent. He was autistic, and he was silent. He didn't talk. And his mom came into the encampment, and I looked at her, and I said, can I put this guitar on him? And she goes, you can try it. And I put it on him, and I felt the whole atmosphere change. He relaxed. He was energized. He was happy. And he instantly started strumming these wonderful strings. And then as the band progressed, because we call ourselves a band and the kids are just so great, Andrew, who doesn't speak, got up into the microphone and was making all kinds of speaking noises. And my VP of sales, I looked at, I looked at this kid and, and he had on this, this, this guitar I had had, you know, I got, uh, given to me for this, this reason, but it was an expensive guitar, but so what? Um, and I, I looked at my VP and I'm like, if he has a problem with me taking that off, I'm letting him go home with that guitar today. And he's like, well, wait, wait, that's expensive guitar. I said, no, 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 no. If that that boy has a problem with me taking that guitar off. He will go home with that guitar because his life has been changed. His life has been changed by a guitar. He was happy. And he didn't have a problem with me taking it off, but I did send her a fender the next day because that's just what we should do. And (laughs) I have had parents come to us and say that their children are more engaged in, in school because of the music and because of the surfing, it all works so well together. You know, the musicians, the surfers, we all interact, you know, there are, there are musicians that surf, there are surfers that, that make music and it is magic and it is the best feeling you will ever have when you're driving out of that beach at four o'clock at the end of the day, just tore up and you've cried on and off, but you will be changed forever, and you will always want to help people. I guarantee you, if you come to one a walk on water event, you will always, always want to help people. That's so beautiful. And we'll link um, info for a walk on water in the show notes too. So for anybody who wants to get involved, we can we can point you in their direction. Yeah, that'd be That's great. Fantastic. I love that story. Stories like these are so important, especially in the time that we're in right now with the fact that COVID is happening and we've been in these stay-at-home orders and how music has really kind of been there Mm -hmm. and saved people. Yeah. 
And and a walk on water had to cancel everything for 2020. So we have been doing Zoom calls every couple of months. And we kind of have little rooms where you go into a storytelling room, a surf room, a music room, and a yoga room. And it's the best Zoom call you'll ever have because these kids come on and they remember you and you remember them. And then the it's just, uh, you guys, I'll start crying. I cry all the time. I have uh, I have a very big mouth, but my heart is much, much bigger than Aww. that. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. That's so, yeah. Well, that's so special that that can work, too. So Zoom has worked as a platform for those events? Like, they respond they well do. to the video? They, they respond. Yeah, they respond to the video. You know, it's it, it, you know how Zoom is really hard when you have two musicians playing. You can't talk at the same time. So that's a little, we're working, we're working on that. But it's very beneficial for them and all of us. I mean, I stand up, I taught, taught them how, how to make shakers out of stuff around the house and we just stood up and we just went to town. It's remarkable. That's so cool that this has been able to kind of shift gears like that and keep keep reaching these these families. And so that that really leads to something else I really wanted to talk to you about. Like we we connected early on yeah. so much about this nonprofit work. I work for a nonprofit up in San Francisco and, and music school and yes. so near and dear to my heart too. And so I wanted to just I wanted to keep picking your brain and have you share with with the swim audience too. I love what you've been doing with helping these other organizations keep keep reaching their people um, during this new, very digital time. So that was an amazing, you, we already touched on that one, but just yeah. like, I want to talk about the one with the, the radio host too, where you've been having the mix and mixing sessions on Zoom, just with help, give us all the, all the gory details. Well, so yes, I'm going to be helping you. Definitely. You and I bonded instantaneously. You say, I work with kids. I'm like, oh my God, I work with kids. Boom. Let's just help people. <laughs> so I work with a lot of different organizations tied within to Harmon and always music, but I go out of, of my way to bring them in. And, and I was told since I do enjoy helping and it does kind of raise your brand, um, to keep doing it. And I'm like, Great. I'll keep doing it. So we have a couple of different places that we are doing these. So we have Girls Make Beats, House of Blues, Music Forward, A Place to Call Home, Paramount Academy of Music. And, um, you know, so during COVID, we have a big shift, right? So I would usually do something like this. I would have these schools come to the Harmon Experience Center, which you two will have to come to as soon as we open up and can have visitors. It is an amazing, amazing 15,000 square foot facility with podcast stations and and stages and 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 demos and ISO booths and there's tech tours I can take you into anechoic chambers and it's it's a whole thing right and I was doing all these planning and I'd had schools in before and then with girls meet beats we were going I was going to take them in and I was going to mentor them right I was going to kind of do for them this type of thing these young girls are from 17 or seven to 17. Okay. They all want to be producers and they want to be DJs. And, and I want them to be producers and I want them to be DJs and I want them to follow their dreams until they're breathing their last breath, because that's what makes you happy. Follow your bliss. However, a lot of these new people and, and young people don't know all of the different areas in 
pro audio music, and even the lighting space that need people like them, that they can use their creativity, they can use their knowledge of music, they can use their education to get a job in a manufacturer or at a marketing company or as a manager. There's entertainment lawyers that need PAs. And all while you're doing this, you're you're generating an income. You're hopefully getting a 401k. You're getting, you know, benefits, which a lot of our artists, you know, thank God for music cares, but don't have benefits. And so we have these mentor programs where we're just kind of showing these girls all, like we have a panel of all these different women and what they do. And then we break off into little, little, you know, discussions where they can ask us all questions. Well, we can't do that at the Experience Center anymore, right? So we have been working with a lot of these different schools. First first and foremost, we just did one with uh, House of Blues Music Forward. And I'm now organizing seminars for students and masterclasses on a couple of different things. One, I had Christian Hand, who was is the gentleman that is on Monday morning, 9 a.m., I believe it is on KLOS, breaking down sessions. I had him come in and he broke down some songs for these kids or these students, I should say during a masterclass, right? So he did a Michael Jackson song and he was, it was just so dynamic and the kids were so involved and it was just so good. And everybody was being real and everybody was being honest. And it was, it was, it was magical. It was magical. And, and Christian is, has such a great heart and he has agreed to do this for a place to call home as well. For me, I arrange, I mean, I arranged for that, but Christian did his own thing. Christian is an artist and he does that and he is masterful at it. What I did is I um, arranged some seminars for students about how to break in to professional audio. What is professional audio? What are all the different things you can do? People think of pro audio or music and you're either a singer, you're a player, you're a producer, you're a DJ. And that is true. But there are so many other things that you can do within that space. And I had somebody that was a front of house mixer for years, and he explained how, what schooling he did, how he broke in the industry, and what he did to keep in the industry, and what you can do now to get in the industry. Then we had a film composer. Um, he also works for for Harmon, but he is an amazing composer. And his name is Damian Curry. And he spoke to the kids about breaking into studios and all the different things you can do in studios and in broadcast and content creation. And then we had my favorite, Vanessa Meering, um, who is one of my mentors. And she spoke to the, the students about breaking into just the whole, you know, manufacturing side. There's sales, there's there's engineering, there's HR, there's marketing, there's development. There's so many really cool killer places in a manufacturer to land in to 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 work in and 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 really get fed, you know, as far as your your creativity. 
So we opened this up just to let these these people know because, you know, back in our day, and we all said this, it's like you 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 couldn't, how did you break in? Like you would go to like a music school or what I did is I answered an ad in the paper and then before they, and they don't put ads in the paper anymore because there's really not a lot of pro audio recording studios anymore, but there are, there are several high end ones, but I stalked, I stalked the engineer and I knew I had the interview and I just kept coming in before the interview and sitting behind him and saying, Hey, I'm interviewing here next week. I just want to see what you're doing. Is that okay? And he saw that I took interest and then he started showing me a few things. And by the time I got into the interview, I'd pretty much had the job, but there are new ways and new techniques and new mentorships out there now that we can, people that have been in this industry, we can help you. We can help you. We can show you the way we can show you and open up doors and we can take you under our arms and we can, you can benefit from our career path. And then, you know, we'll do a mentorship for Girls Make Beats. And then I'm starting to talk with the EIPMA Mentoring Association for for Entertainment about mentoring. So I'm really, really, really reaching out. And you also have to understand is that with me, a lot of my business was tour. A lot of my focus has been off of tour. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I got to do something. And what makes you feel better in a time of fear and pandemic than helping folks? Okay, people need help and people need buoyancy and people need to feel like they belong and people need to have hope for the future. And if you can help educate these young people and do it for free and show them that there is hope and here's the way. And if you ever need me, you call me. Here's my home phone number. That's what I'm doing a lot of right now. Um, I am I have a high focus on on helping through education and a mentorship through this hard time of COVID. Absolutely inspiring. Oh, thank you. So kind of spinning off of that a little bit, what are you most excited for that you see in the future of the music industry, both on the business side and your own outreach work? <sighs> well, I mean, come on. Aren't we all so, so, so looking forward to live music coming back? Oh my I gosh. mean, <laughs> dude, what? Ugh, that was four nights a week for me. You know, I'd have to go out and scout bands or talk to front of house people or just, it, it's it's been my whole life. I've always had friends and bands, my, you know, ex, an ex-husband. I have, t- we're in this industry. We know you want to go out and you want to support your friends. You also want to go out and you need to do, sometimes you have to work with these bands. You also want to go see your favorite band. Like, you know, when Peter Gabriel comes through town. Nobody, nobody can keep me away from that, that gig. So I'm really excited to see, <laughs> I'm excited for it to come back. And I'm also interested to see what it's going to look like. You know, for me, there is no magic that can top being at a live show. There's nothing. Music is that type of art that has the ability to take you to sitting in the front seat of your mom's Toyota when you're five years old listening to a certain song. It can take you to a time you can smell things baking. You can feel what the excitement was for Christmas. It takes you 
to a place of your past, maybe even a pace place of your future. And that for me is the biggest magic of music and why I love it so much. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more streaming. We're going to be having a lot of that and that's going to be super interesting. And I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting my feet definitely, definitely wet in that. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to, you know, I'm a speaker company, um, and a microphone company and a software company and, and outboard gear and, and lighting and lighting. <laughs> and lighting and I love how you got really close to the microphone when you said microphone mm-hmm. company. <laughs> I did. I did that. I did that. That was that I meant to do that. Um, I know. <laughs> but um, as far as my outreach, I'm just super excited to help, especially help bring music to the kids that need it, that are talented. You know, so many, so many kids all they have is music. So many are going through hard times. So many are at risk. Stephanie, we talked about your at-risk children and how I'm going to try to help them. You know, we can get them in Mm -hmm. one space. I mean, I may have to go out and buy a tablet for all of them so they can, I don't know, but we're going to, we're going to make it happen. Um, (laughs) Exactly. If we feel that way, and we are taken out of our body by music, and we're basically happy people, imagine how an eight-year-old feels that is in a bad, high-risk situation, and music is her only way out, and she's good at it. I want to give that to those kids. Those kids deserve music. Amen. It's such an important thing for right now, too, because that – that is the new frontier, which is so sad. And this is something that Nam is doing so much of too, is that we're back to square one with music education advocacy. Yes. There's no money left anymore in the public schools and anywhere. And like for, for our population, for Blue Bear, yeah. our kids now, we are having trouble reaching our outreach program and because they would come to a community center because they don't have these 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 devices at home. And so we're, we're back to square one there just trying to reach them. And so it's it's so important that we we solve these problems quickly yes. because this is, oh my gosh, this is that is the future of what we need to be tackling too. Yeah, Whitney Houston said it best. I believe that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. It mm-hmm. is, which by the way, I sang for my high school graduation. How crazy is that? Oh. Really badly. I sang it really badly, but I did sing it because it was such a poignant song and um, I truly believe it. Um, I truly, truly, truly believe it. You, 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 Stephanie, Natalie, you throw as many organizations my way that need mentorship. <laughs> you know, my, my boss has this funny thing when we were like open, I would come into his office with like a piece of paper that you could tell was like he needed to sign. And he's like, all right. Who are we saving? What kid do we need to do? How much money is it going to cost? <laughs> I would be like, he always knew I was coming in and not really asking for something for some high-end artist that was given, but I was always asking at it to sneak out of his budget, maybe a, a couple hundred or something for, for the kids. It's amazing. And thank you for being that voice too. We're so inspired knowing that we have such such giants to stand on the shoulders of of for this new generation you know that's it's just starting and then there's the kids that we're we're trying to to help make a better world than we're we're going to be trying to create ourselves too we're all working together in this little cycle so thank you thank you yeah. for for paving that way <laughs> no thank you and you call me for help 
Because if you don't, that's when the problem's going to start. You need to call me and you need to have me help you, whatever you need, Stephanie, with all of those, oh, especially that, that school for those high, those high risk children. That just, that, uh, I just, I'll be knocking. Okay. Next, knock, knock, next knock. Uh, digital okay. fundraiser, we'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Got you. What advice would you give to someone starting out their career right now in the music industry or in pro audio specifically? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a couple pieces of advice that I wish people would have told me. Um, network, network, network. It can be hard for some people, but think of it as going to a party. That's what, think of it as going to a party. Um, it's not really as scary as people kind of think it is because everybody's kind of there for the same thing. And I've never felt awkward when I've come up and inserted myself politely in a conversation and introduced myself. And I've made many, many friends. And and as Stephanie saw, it gets easier and easier for me because I just saw her and I was like, I like you. What do you do? <laughs> I work with kids. I work with kids. Let's work with the kids together, like we said before. But networking, um, I like that there is nothing you can't do with kindness and hard work. Kindness and hard work. Okay. There will be people that are not fans of yours and they, they may try to bring you down and that is their shortcoming. That is their problem. People who are insecure or threatened may speak against you. Um, they may challenge you and they may say bad things about you, but be strong and be kind. Those folks are always the weakest link. We all have seen that. Be the person that wants to straighten your colleague's crown, not knock it off to make it to make yourself look better. Straighten each other's crowns out there. That's a big one. Okay. We don't, there's enough for all of us. We don't have to make others look bad to make ourselves look good. That's a big one. That's a big one. Also mentors. Mentors are important. You learn from them daily and they help you make, to make you a better person. Um, I have so many, I have Mike old Vanessa Maring and Leslie Lewis, Carrie Keys from Sound Girls and Karen Dunn and Jerry Palumbo, these are some of the women I turn to for advice always. They have never let me down. They lead by example. I may not always like the advice they give me, <laughs> but I always take it because they've been out there and they're looking at it from a different perspective. And when you're in that, I just think that we all need to find our people. Woo. Amen. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Am I done? Yeah. You did it. You did it. You did it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.